0: Hey everyone and welcome back to Books with Spice Please. I'm Al.
1: And I'm Katie and in this week's episode we're going to be discussing and reviewing Nocturnes and Nightmares by Carrie Lake.
0: A little about this author, Katie had told me about the book she read by Carrie Lake, Master of Salt and Bone, and she said it was really good.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorite dark romances that I've read this year. I rated it five stars.
0: Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people on Instagram that also, like, carry, like, books.
1: Yeah, and then you went ahead and suggested Nocturnes and Nightmares for the podcast.
0: Mm-hmm, because I couldn't find Master of Salt and Bone at the library, but
1: I could find this one at the library, and I knew it was super spooky. It definitely was super fitting to the theme, so we added it to the poll on Facebook, for people to vote on which books we cover for the podcast this month and it was the second book that had the most votes on the poll
0: yep so i'm really excited to see what everyone
1: thinks about it yes let's get into it so the trigger warnings for this book as always remember we're an 18 plus podcast content warnings for this book there is a serial killer You get his perspective. It's very disturbing. It's gory. You see torture, murder, kidnapping, rape. There are heavy BDSM themes. It's very dark. And it's a suspense romance.
0: It's really, really intense. And when I listened to it that first time, I didn't realize what it was about. (laughs) And it was a lot to get into,
1: so... Yeah, (laughs) I know. I remember you telling me about it and I was just like, wait, that sounds nothing like Master of salt and bone That's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway.
0: So like you said, the genre would be like a dark suspense romance. It was 254 pages and the audiobook is seven hours long and it's a pretty good audiobook. I really like the female voice actress. You can kind of hear nola's accent which is pretty fun because she's like in chicago right Mm -hmm. and then voss has got kind of his characters really the voice actor is kind of funny on the guy's side it's really creepy for the sandman but it was a pretty good audiobook and this book is part of a series it's a duology the duology is called the sandman duet and the second book is requiem and reverie
1: after I finished this first book, I had to start the second one right away. Right mm-hmm. away. I so didn't it out and it's completed. It was
0: a good, like, I like those du- duology ones. I'm thinking, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards them because having one book is really good. And then, like, knowing that there's just one more, it's like that perfect little candy.
1: Yeah, it doesn't drag out too long. And it, yeah, it's like, the perfect mix in between a novella and a full-on series of books yeah okay so this is the summary four young socialites have gone missing in the chicago area two found dead bearing the signature marks of a brutal brutal serial killer with the kind of tragedy that mars nola tensley's past she should be concerned but without a pot to piss in all the struggling single mom Cares about is making a normal life for her son. After all, she's clearly not the murderer's type, or is she? When Rhett Voss, an enigmatic and handsome stranger, answers her ad for the outdated in law suite at the back of her property, offering double her asking price, Nola really can't refuse. Even though the supposed Wall Street wolf seems better suited for a high-rise downtown, a suspicion that quickly turns into hindsight once she submits to the flirtations of her charming new tenant, and consequently unearths a series of disturbing revelations, her curiosities lead her down the path of a madman whose moniker, the Sandman, only hints at the grisly nature of his crimes. He's smart, evasive, a cunning psychopath with a twisted method of disposing his victims and his hunting grounds are hitting too close to home spooky yeah (laughs) i was not expecting to get the sandman's point of view in this book and oh my gosh it was so well written the difference in the character's perspectives the way she really got into the sandman's mind writing this book i was in awe (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was really intense and like the way that the characters are connected.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely loved it. So from here on out, spoiler, spoilers ahead. Read the book first if you're not a fan of spoilers or go ahead and listen to our podcast, the rest of the episode to decide whether or not this is something for you.
0: Mm hmm. We've got a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah. And
0: let's start it off. We start off and we're in the main guy's point of view. And he's like his younger self. And it's really creepy. You get like really bad vibes from his uncle. The kid's clearly terrified of him. And that's just kind of how it starts off. You're like, this is really creepy and scary.
1: Yeah, he's trying so hard to be quiet, not to be heard. He had heard about the Sandman. And he heard about how the Sandman takes eyes out of your head and he's you know it's a scary thing that the children are kind of talking about like when we were little we all had those boogeyman type fears right now his is the sandman and he sees jars of eyes floating and like a fluid in the shed I believe it is that he's hiding behind and he hears his uncle and he thinks it's his uncle being is that his uncle is the sandman yeah because he sees his uncle with a knife on the other side of the door, and he's just terrified. It's a very short prologue.
0: Yeah, really just
1: sets off the creep vibes. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so the first chapter starts with her son, Nola, the main our main character, Nola. Her son, who is also 11, wakes up in bed terrified, and he had been hearing things about the sandman from kids at school so I was like okay maybe that was his point of view her son's name is Oliver because it doesn't say the name of the boy's point of view in the prologue so it takes a while for us to discover that it wasn't Oliver's point of view that we first read it was Voss's point of view I didn't even connect it to Oliver at all Okay, I did because I knew that this was like a mystery. So going into this book, I was like, okay, who is the sand band? Who is the killer? Who was that guy? Like, I'm constantly trying to figure out the unknown in these books. That is so
0: funny because that's
1: like the opposite.
0: I'm waiting on the ride. I, I can't. Uh. I love it. When I was listening to it the second time around, I heard all of the clues in the first book. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. But I had no idea before
1: that. Okay. Yeah. So I was constantly thinking, because then you're after this part, you're introduced a little later to the kid's uncle, who is a detective. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. So, like, they kind of had that parallel, Voss and Oliver did, that... The events took place both when they were eleven. They both had an uncle, except thankfully Oliver's uncle wasn't a creep and some sadistic monster. And he mm-hmm. was at, he actually thankfully turned out to be a good guy. One of not not a bad detective.
0: He's a good detective. He's not a creep to his nephew. His he actually is having like fertility issues with his wife, so yeah. they
1: love Oliver like their own, basically. I am shook, though, because I told you that I didn't trust anybody, not even Nola's brother, Oliver's uncle. And -hmm. you're like, yeah, don't trust anybody. The only person you should trust is Nola. I'm like, what the heck?
0: (laughs) I had to keep it going for you. I knew you were checking out for clues. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you were not letting up. I was really frustrated. (laughs) That's like, what is
0: going on? Ah, uh. I know you kept texting me, and I was like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm." <laughs> this is crazy. I know, but it's a a really good mystery. I feel like it was. We haven't really read too many with the mystery theme.
1: No, I think is this our first one on the podcast right now? I think so. Other than double standards, yeah. Okay, so it's our second one. This one is a bit more graphic than Double Standards, and you don't get... We still don't know who the killer is in Double Standards, but you don't get their perspective at all. So Yeah, and this one, you know,
0: the crimes and the mystery is, like, really up in front, and it wants you to try to figure it out. Yeah. The one in Double Standards, you're, like, waiting for the other detectives to kind of figure it out, and there's some clues, but this one, you're, like, waiting for it to strike. <laughs> the yeah. The
1: suspense. So... In the first chapter, it starts with Nola looking at her drunken husband on the couch and they start fighting. He only had $10 to contribute to their son's birthday gift and hasn't given her any money to help with bills in a while. She tells him she's going to go get stuff and that Oliver's sleeping and she'd be back. So her son, Oliver, like we said, is 11, wakes up from the bad dream before this and It's about the Sandman. So she puts him back to bed, tucks him in, leaves, pawns her wedding ring for $200 to pay for everything.
0: Yeah, because she was telling her husband that all he asked for was like a coat for his birthday. I know. You know, she's like, So I need 50 bucks from you so I can get a cake and a jacket and a toy. For this kid for his birthday. Like, it should only take like 50 bucks. And he was like, I've only got a 10. <sighs> and he hadn't been paying any money. And she was thinking about how much she didn't like him. And he wasn't she-
1: really working
0: either. No. She tucks Oliver in after he has his bad dream and she leaves and she comes back and she finds out that they're not there and she's panicking. And she calls Denny and hears that he's, like, gasping, and she looks up his location on her phone, which is super convenient, um, like, the new age, love that. And she gets to where he is and calls her detective brother, Jonah, on the way, and they go where Denny's location is set, and they find his car, and that Oliver is in the trunk,
1: and he won't talk. He's absolutely terrified. He won't talk. You're right. Yeah. It's. Oh. I couldn't imagine being a mom. Like being a mom and finding her husband, her drunk husband and her son are gone.
0: Mm -hmm. This is our like one of the first ones too with like a mom character. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was really intense. The relationships in this book are so well written and formed that I really kind of like her son was her son and she loved him so much and she was so worried about being a bad mom
1: and it was super relatable to I think any mother who finds that they're struggling and trying to be the best mom that they can be and I don't know it really put me in her shoes reading this book because you and I are both moms so harm coming to our children's way is nothing New for us to worry about, but then like this mom, Nola, had her son completely disappeared and finds him in a trunk. Traumatized because she he saw his dad murdered. Yes. And that's it. So that's how the story begins. And we have six months later, it starts off with Nola thinking she's a bad mom because Oliver still hadn't spoken about what happened and he's super angry. Yeah, and it was really intense because,
0: like we were saying earlier, Nola really has to take that on, and it was really relatable. Um, But Nola's having this moment with Oliver and his speech therapist because Oliver hasn't spoke since his dad was murdered in front of him. He hasn't talked. The therapist is, like, talking to Nola and being a really great friend and really great support person which is really sweet yeah Mm -hmm.
1: nola's having an extra rough time because now she's a single mom working extra hours to try to cover everything and she had a rough time with her own mom and she's worried about giving herself too much help in a way of pills for fear of being comatose at night like her mom was
0: yeah And for how short the book is in comparison to other books, I felt like there were so many details that were so subtle in everyone's backgrounds that the the characters were so full.
1: They were. And I'm always, when I'm reading a book, wanting to know more about a character's background or their upbringing and... They did a really good job with both the main characters and even the Sandman. I'm going to just quickly say in the second book, when you discover who the Sandman is, you get a glimpse of their background and their childhood, which I don't know. All of the characters are super complete. I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah. And so now that Nola's taking up a lot of shifts at the diner that she works at, Her brother and sister-in-law have been helping her watch her son, Oliver, so she can work. And like we said earlier, her sister has fertility issues, so they're super happy to help with Oliver.
1: It's nice because it seems like, too, Oliver is less angry with his aunt and uncle and open. So it kind of gives him a little bit of a, I don't know how to say it, like a release from his anger. Like he gets a break from being so angry when he's with his aunt and uncle.
0: Yeah, because he can't talk to his mom. It's just, like, this constant build of frustration for him. Yeah. He can't talk to anybody, but it's easier not to talk around
1: other people. uncle, yeah. So, after this, Voss's perspective starts off with him brutally torturing someone. Like, it's brutal. And so, after that... You discover that he's part of a secret group called the Gallows. And the Gallows is made up of nearly 50 agents spanning across the globe. They're all former military or some line of work that's allowed them to become highly effective at killing without conscience. They're all under the direction of a man who prefers to be called Dick. So he received the phone call while he was torturing a someone that he was hired to torture. And it was a mistake. He had the wrong guy. But it was too late and the man died. So he goes home. He's rich as fuck. He...
0: He's kind of feeling sick of his job. And he's like the mistakes are starting to pile up. Yeah, know? he's pissed. He doesn't want to be torturing people and accidentally killing them when it's
1: the wrong person. That's not the goal. <laughs> right. It's part, I mean, part of the job is trying to, or not trying, killing without conscious, but if you're killing the wrong person, that's, no, that's not what he signed up to do.
0: Yeah, so he's wondering if he should retire because he's a super rich dude. He's got a whole decked out house and everything.
1: Yeah, he doesn't need to continue working if he didn't want to, but he goes down Into the basement and he's got a woman in a cage. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? But then you find out she was hired and it was consensual.
0: I know that scared me at first too. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy just has a woman
1: in a cage. This guy is bad and I'm gonna like bad, bad. And I'm supposed to like him? I don't think so, but it was fine. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it goes, a cage against one wall holds a woman, naked and pale, curled into a ball. Her arms are bound by leather cuffs. Loose enough she can slide them off if she wants, but she won't. She won't because she knows it'll exacerbate my frustration if she does. And there's nothing she wants more in this world than to please me. Because pleasing me means pleasure for her. The kind that transcends the mind into subspace. And
1: I had to put that there because it's another subspace reference like we had last week. Okay, and I didn't realize that either when i first read it until you mentioned it i was like oh yeah you're right because he doesn't go into detail what subspace was so i kind of just glossed over it
0: Mm -hmm. i know i didn't notice it till our my second read-through for the podcast i was like there it is we just read halloween with the hunk and they mentioned it there and we talked a little bit about it and here it is again so i thought that was cool but so it goes on to say he's he's thinking she's clean and sterile. Two things I specifically requested when I placed the order for her a couple weeks back. No, stop, stop. And I would, but that's not her safe word. It's one of the acceptable forms of resistance that we both agreed on, mostly because it gets me excited.
1: Yeah, so I put in their notes. That's kinda fucked up.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: And I kind of feel bad. Like, I don't want to king shame, but I was like, I was just really taken aback.
0: Yeah, well. At first. He's got such a, like, it's kind of like we go back to Boyer where he had kind of that, you know, really traumatic sexual history. And he's just coping with it in a different way. Yeah, he's, yeah. Um, But he's, oh my gosh. And then on top of all of this that's happening, there's like been a butt plug in her butt like this whole time like for days that she's been in this cage yeah. and <laughs> and so they're like starting to do it and Voss is like okay never mind he's like too stressed he's a hard-working man he's so stressed he can't even get off anymore and he's he's getting broody but he tells her that she can leave if she hasn't done anything wrong and she can leave in the morning or she can leave now if she wants he'll pay for a ride if she wants and she's like are you sure I didn't do anything wrong I didn't use the safe word this time you know like they had done it before and she had she had tried and felt like she had like failed or something so I thought that was cute that she was definitely into it yeah Mm -hmm.
1: that that makes me feel better because I didn't know what was going on at first but After he gets her sent home, he gets a mysterious email from someone who mentions Carl Jensen, who was his psycho uncle who tortured and mutilated animals. He tortured and raped girls, etc., etc. He also tortured Voss, who was his nephew. So the text claims Carl had found a new toy, and Voss was shook because he thought Carl was dead this whole time. He had pushed him into a river and watched him drown and float down the stream. So, like, this was, like, perfect timing because
0: he was having those, like, restless thoughts, you know? And the guy is like, I'll give you 20,000 Bitcoin to take care of this Carl Jensen, you know? And he's like, well, I know that he's dead, so... The email says, we used to play games, don't you remember? And that piques Voss's interest because that's something that his uncle had said.
1: Yeah, um, so then the messenger tells him that Nola is his next target. And so Voss starts planning to get ready to keep a close watch on Nola.
0: So this ties back to Nola. She's been working like crazy and she had thought about renting out this like mother-in-law suite she has in the back. It's like a one-studio apartment in the backyard of her house, basically. And um, she listed it, and Voss is, like, right on it.
1: Yeah, she was really hoping for a female renter, too. So she tried to shake him off at first, but then he offered her $1,200, and she was only asking for 400 And then she asked him for a background check, and he said, fine, I want to see it tonight, but then she's worried about, quote-unquote, bad shit going down. So she has him come first thing in the morning instead.
0: Yeah, poor Nola has been spurned so much from this thing that's happened with Denny and everything. She's really conscious, and I think that's great.
1: Yeah, and he isn't thrown off, and he still appears in front of... Or at her front door the next morning to lease her apartment. And this was her description of Voss. Over six feet tall in a sleek black suit. Two of me could span the width of him. Above his crisp black collar sits a snake tattoo that winds up his neck. With dark hair and cold gray eyes that sweep down over my outfit. He's both handsome and intimidating. But the scar across his face adds an edge of menace, sending up red flags. He doesn't look like a potential tenant. He looks like danger wrapped in a nice suit. She's still super hesitant, uh, but she sent her
0: brother his information and he does a background check and it comes back clean. And then the book switches. So this is like where it's kind of hard to break down all of it like this because then the book has a flashback
1: yeah Yeah. so we definitely do skip quite a bit of things like we are still detailed but we do skip quite a bit in this little breakdown and review
0: yeah that's why you have to go and read the book the audiobook is seven hours long you definitely can't get the whole thing from us in one hour right (laughs) yeah but Voss has a flashback to his like uncle Carl torturing him again and It says, my punishment for tattling about the dead cat in the shed is 3,000 seconds upside down in the closet, blindfolded, with my hands tied. And that's how his uncle treated him. Didn't he, like, make him count the seconds out loud or something? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Ugh. And so, yeah, this is just, like, a glimpse of how his uncle treated him. He, I kind of, in my notes kept out the more graphic detailed imagery of this book Mm -hmm. the more violent graphic imagery i should say because i'll give you the dirty deets of (laughs) the sex but like the violence I i can't do it there's a lot of it yeah
0: so we jump back to nola present day and she's confronting her friend's husband Harvey because she thinks that he left a note on her car and so Harvey and Bethany Nola works with Bethany they are like swingers and have been propositioning Nola a lot and Nola is really grossed out by it she's not interested she doesn't like it um and so she thinks that this note that she finds on her car is from Harvey and it says and this is, like, a lot, but I'm going to read it. It says, if given the choice, would you prefer to be strangled in your vehicle or raped against the hood of it?
1: And then she flipped it over and it says, sweet dreams. So Which she... that itself, not thinking about it, is a clue that it was from the Sandman. Yeah, exactly. That's a Sandman clue for sure. But yeah, that's the <laughs> Sandman. Ugh, okay. But yeah, Harvey denied that it was him that left the note there.
0: Mm-hmm. And she gets home
1: from being at the bar, and she
0: sees boss holding a cat. <laughs> it's I a- love the scene.
1: <laughs> so the door swing opens to reveal the most muscular chest I've ever seen in my life. chiseled with lean cut muscle and a few scattered tattoos, like looking at a real-life sculpt- sculpture standing before me and tucked in the crook of one massive bicep is a tiny black kitten so they go back and forth and bantering about the cat and it was just super cute i didn't get direct quotes from that part but it reminded me in a sense of chloe brown with red and chloe arguing about her taking the cat because she <laughs> wasn't supposed to have a cat either but yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's like
0: i'll give you a pet deposit and she's like fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like, I'll just feed it and let it go. And she's like, that's not how cats work,
1: boss. Yeah. Yeah. Feed it. It's going to keep returning.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, okay. So it jumps back into the Sandman's perspective and it's just really disturbing.
1: Yeah. So he's just stalking his next victim. He's at a club and he thinks dirty sluts rarely went for the highly educated, much more worldly men. So that was a hint to me that, okay, he's someone that is educated and obviously I'm guessing has a degree. So I didn't think it could be Harvey at this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he goes on to say that the girl he was stalking would be his doll, his plaything, to do as he wished. She'd never reject him again. He'd make her virtuous and obedient, gracious as a flower, his queen of the night flower. And in the morning, she would wilt away just like the others.
0: So creepy. And like that whole, I'll make you virtuous, you'll be clean. Uh, yeah, it's disgusting. All the dirty stuff. Yeah, that definitely, a, I feel like that's definitely a common like creep factor storyline.
1: I think so too. Like, it
0: gets me every time. I hate it. (laughs) It does the job.
1: It makes me want to puke. It's so gross. It's not. mm -mm. So, then that is the end of the Sandman's perspective. And we're back in Nola's perspective. Mm -hmm. So, from the bar, Nola had gotten a ride from Simon, who is this super cute young man. He's kind of quiet, nerdy, little awkward. He goes to the diner, he's just a regular there. Is constantly ordering the same thing, his grilled cheese and french fries, I believe with a cup of milk, but he was at the bar and he took Nola home and he went to check on Nola the next day, I believe, to make sure she was okay and she invited him in for coffee. And when he built the coffee it sort of seemed weird to me, like he had done it on purpose. To look at her house so he went and back into the bathroom after that i don't know it was just weird Ooh, that's a good catch i didn't notice that i'm always suspicious
0: (laughs) he seemed like a kind of mad that he got his clothes dirty to me and i was like this guy's mad he got his clothes dirty that's a really good catch
1: yeah he was mad i feel like he was pretty passive about it though i don't know and then after he cleaned himself up in the bathroom he came out and was talking to Nola some more and had asked her to dinner and she declined because and she tells him that she's not ready to be dating anyone like her husband just died
0: yeah and he's like oh so sorry I should have known that and he seems like really embarrassed and he kind of leaves and he's like don't worry about it I shouldn't have asked she feels bad for him and I, I mean I don't feel bad for him I get you know shooting your shot and being disappointed but you gotta relax a little bit
1: yeah he he's very I don't know he's wound up tight so
0: Nola ends up having Voss over for dinner and he like brings over a bottle of wine and she's made spaghetti which sounded so good that I had spaghetti the night that I was listening to it again I was like yes I love it. Book inspired food. Mm-hmm. It was so good. She drank a bunch of the wine and she ends up telling Avos more about Harv and how he's creepy.
1: Yeah. While she's trying to put into words about what exactly bothers her about him. He's thinking to himself does the urge to sweep her up out of the chair and pin her to the wall behind her while I fuck the truth out of her.
0: Yes, because he's trying to, like, interrogate her
1: with his police skills. (laughs) But he's getting distracted by her good looks. Mm -hmm. And she gets way too drunk and he ends up carrying her to bed. And he discovers that he actually loves the way she feels against his chest. Uh, (laughs) He's got a soft spot. Oh, yes, I
0: love that. And he took care of her, you know, the whole time she was drinking. He was like, okay, so this is the part where she's now she's about to fall asleep. All right, let's just take her to bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really sweet. And he got her really good wine so she wouldn't get a hangover. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, Bev, Beverly, uh, Harv's wife, doesn't show up for work. And she's a no call, no show, which is not usual for her. They typically need the money. And so Nola asks Simon what he thought about Bev and Harvey being gone and not saying anything. And he says, my guess, those two probably hooked up with the wrong person. And then he claimed it was a joke after the disturbed look Nola gave him. Mm -hmm. And it was creepy. I feel like they want you to think that it's Simon the whole time. Like, you're definitely suspicious of him and the guy that, like, owns the restaurant. Yes.
1: Yeah, the guy that owns the restaurant that Nola works for was suspicious to me. Harv was suspicious to me for a period of time. And then even Jonah for a split second was (laughs) suspicious to me.
0: Yeah, Jonah definitely because of the stuff with his sister. Like, he could have snapped. Yeah, for sure. It was just kind of you're always on alert. But Mm -hmm. Oliver was, like, getting bullied. So we move over to Voss's point of view again. And Oliver was getting bullied. And Voss, like, jumps in and interferes after Oliver got hit, like, punched by somebody and got a black eye. And Voss taught him how to incapacitate someone using, like, pressure points. Because Voss has all that cool kung fu knowledge. Um, And Oliver likes him because of that which is nice
1: yeah because the night prior to while they were all eating dinner together oliver just like had a stare down with voss and voss wasn't having any of it and (laughs) oliver ended up storming up to his room
0: yeah voss totally fell into the bay of the staring contest with the 11 year old and he won (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was like, that's fine. We, You can stare at me all you want, buddy. And they just stared at each other. I could feel how awkward Nola
1: was about it. She was mm-hmm. like, ooh, okay. <laughs> and then Voss finally tells Nola how he feels. And at first, he was kind of surprised at himself for saying it and how true it sounded. Because oh. he originally was trying to just use it as a cover-up, I think.
0: Yeah, he was trying to figure out what was going on around Nola to figure out about his stuff about his uncle and the puzzle that's happening. Because that's the whole point of the Sandman's game is that it's a puzzle and a game to play. And Voss is having like all of these feelings about Nola and he's not sure what to do. So he says, I'm just going to lay it on you, Nola. I can't stop thinking about you. It's driving me fucking crazy. Crazy enough to drive all the way over here and tell you so. This was when she was at her work after he asked her if she wanted to drink wine again with him and told her that he didn't want her to go home late by herself. He's like, you want to come home and drink more wine with me?
1: Because Nolan isn't like the typical, the socialite that the Sandman is going after on the news. He doesn't quite fit, but Harv knows that she's going to be a victim if she's not careful. If he can't protect her. So he's like, please don't go home by yourself.
0: Yeah, but Va- Voss, you called him Harv. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Voss. Va- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. We definitely can't get weird Harv mixed up with
1: Voss. So that was really cute. And she does decline because she has to make enough faces and stuff for her upcoming craft show. So I believe it is later that day or the next day.
0: Mm -hmm. and he sees her she's in working on her pottery for her art show this weekend the coming weekend and she's like kneading the clay and he sees her kneading the clay and he's like dang i need to go be up on that while she's doing that
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's a super sexy scene it's like the movie ghost it reminded me of it but nola invited voss to do some with her and she was going to show him how to do something he goes behind her and it's his point of view again and i quote i bring my arms around hers taking in the feel of her small body against mine and i damn near shiver at the many ways i could have this woman how easy and pliable she'd be threading my hands through hers i can't possibly get any closer and that's when I feel her tremble against me. Whether from fear or excitement, I can't tell and it doesn't matter because my body's on autopilot right now.
0: And that's when they have their first kiss. It says, her lips on mine are heaven, a sweet flavor I've never tasted before. She's intoxicating.
1: Yeah, he's like absolutely in deep for this woman. You can tell. Mm -hmm. It's like reckless abandon
0: he's completely given up he's basically like dry humping her from behind while she's trying to knead clay uh. and, and he's <laughs> like i just have to have you and she's like dang mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say no to all of this it's been so long
1: their kiss gets interrupted though her brother comes in and so like they don't get to continue on
0: mm-hmm. and
1: later that night She's got some thoughts about Voss while she's in the bath.
0: So they have been interrupted and Nola was all pent up from it and disappointed. And she ends up in the bathtub later and is having some fantasies about him
1: and feeling guilty about it too. Yeah, so part... Okay, so this was the quote I liked in the book, how she compared herself and Voss The two of us are like day and night, the light and darkness, and his sexual prowess scares me a bit, because I'm certain the man is far from experienced with women who are far more practiced in things he likes. So she's super into him, but hesitant. He's kind of forbidden to her because he's a neighbor and tenant of hers, but it makes her want him more. She definitely wants what she can't have. And then she starts to have these darker fantasies about him and she starts to masturbate to these fantasies of him in the bath. So it explains that growing up in a sexually repressed house as a teenager, she often had the darker sort of fantasies and they allowed her to indulge without the guilt of actually enjoying something so, quote unquote, perverse.
0: Yeah, she's like actually like masturbating in the bathtub and like pretending like she can't help it like someone else is doing it
1: and that like so yes and then to the fantasy that she's having about Voss is of him kind of forcing her and coming up from behind her and like scaring her Mm -hmm. but growing up her mom gave her a really hard time about like Oh, women or girls who have sex before they're married are disgusting. You shouldn't even masturbate. You should only have sex with someone when you both love each other. Blah, blah, blah.
0: And she really took it to heart. So she's kind of trying to figure out where she stands on it at this point. Because she knows that Voss is kind of like this naughty darker guy that's her tenant and he's you know she's kind of tipping on to the bad side and she's definitely
1: curious it was shortly after that nola reveals more about her sister's disappearance 17 years prior she had lied to her her parents and told them she didn't know where she had gone because for one brief moment she had thought Maybe she had ran away to elope because she had known that her sister had gone to her boyfriend Brian's house for a date. Mhm, and that's when she went missing and I don't think anyone found her since nope Nobody knows at all what had happened to her,
0: so she's always felt kind of guilty that she never told her parents where her sister was until she realized like in the morning that it was a big deal,
1: yeah. And that's when her mom started the issues with the pills and just not being super present in Nola's life. And that's why she has the worries about not being present enough in Oliver's life.
0: Yeah, it was really intense for her to go through. She was really young when that happened. The way that she was, like, looking up to her sister and wanting to
1: fall in love like she was. Yeah. So after that, she has her craft show and she didn't realize it was witchcraft. Because she didn't read it all the way through.
0: Mm-hmm. She's at this craft show. And she's setting up. And she thinks that like some of the vendors are a little odd. But whatever. And then she realized that the people. Everyone are there witches. And so her stuff isn't really selling. Because people are there looking for witchy stuff. Not just her pottery that she's made. And she puts so much time in making all of her collections. And pieces and stuff. And Boss shows up because he knew she was gonna be there and he's like why don't you just get rid of this stuff like how much are you gonna make
1: on this and what are you doing yeah he offers to pay for all of it and then he just like announces to everyone hey for the next 10 minutes all of these things are free come and get it and it worked
0: (laughs) Nola had said she didn't want to pack everything back up and take it all home. And he was like, all right, I'll pay for it. And then everyone
1: took it all away so they didn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, and then she agrees to stay with him. And he tells her, we'll get some wine, fuck all night. (laughs) And they get kinky. (laughs) Yeah, he takes
0: her to a hotel. It was a really nice hotel, too. I loved this quote
1: from him. You're a hot mom, a beautiful mom, and I got fucking mommy issues.
0: I love boss. When he gets horny, he just <laughs> says it. He just says everything.
1: I really love the way
0: he talks. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's starting to try to get her to experiment a little bit, so he tells her to put the wine stopper in her vagina, and yeah, she's he like, wants to
1: "Fuck her with it." <laughs>
0: she's like no and he's like come on it's just a wine stopper let's have some fun
1: (laughs) and he says boundaries exist to box you in to make you fear what's on the other side of them and he convinces her to do it and he also had told her that if she didn't like it she could watch him fuck himself with it afterwards yeah but Yes, so he convinces her, and she's struggling internally with that crap that her mom had said to her when she was growing up about sex, but she's able to overcome it, and then he says, "I'm going to fuck you hard, Nola, and something tells me you'll like it." And that's how it sounded when he said it in the book, too.
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, And so there's a mirror even above the bed on the ceiling and she's like, she sees herself and she's got shame and he's like, it's okay. And she's like, it's okay. And they push through and she's had, I mean, the most interesting sex she's ever had in her life because her ex-husband, well, I mean, her passed away husband from the beginning of the book, they basically only had like quickies. And they were usually mad at each other.
1: Yeah, it wasn't great sex. It sounded like Mm-mm. so. This was a whole new ball game to her, and she really liked it.
0: Voss had like hired a camera company to put cameras all over Nola's house, and he realized like he checks the time because they've been at the hotel for a little bit, and he realizes that he doesn't need any more time because the
1: cameras have all been put up. Yeah, he used that time he was at the hotel with her to get those cameras installed Mm -hmm. without telling her.
0: And Nola, you know, she's not suspicious about it at all. She's like, ooh, let's just stay in the hotel tonight and not waste it. We bought it out anyway. And Voss is like, okay, like, that's fine. We can stay here might as well. And Nola gets her brother to watch her son. And Voss goes to take a shower and he's thinking about his more darker fantasies again and he's wondering uh, what she'll think of that and he's starting to think about the complexities of if he were to be with nola and what that relationship would look like in the future and bottom line is he just like really wants to be with her That's where it kind of ends with boss and nola for this book
1: yeah they that's the ending for them and then you have the ending scene with the sandman's perspective Like we had said
0: earlier, Bethany and Harv at this point have been missing for a while. And, you know, you end up seeing that the Sandman has them. And it's intense. I think there's a scene earlier in the book where the Sandman has them. And then it ends with Bethany's passing.
1: Yes. He makes her swallow these seeds and rapes her. And then he removes this dildo he had inside of her and he was doing it for an hour and she was dying from the seeds and suffocation and she's like it's uh yeah just really graphic and then it's over yeah and then he finishes and decides to have sex with her dead body again yeah and he's thinking about how it's a practice ritual for when he does it to nola yeah and that's the end yep and then you got to wow. read the second book to find out.
0: Mm-hmm. Ugh. So, book boyfriend Voss, what do you think? Okay,
1: um, you know, I don't know. I guess, I guess, book boyfriend. But honestly, he didn't leave like a super strong impression on me. I didn't think he was a bad character. He just wasn't like my favorite book boy.
0: I could see that he's really. Focused on all the other parts of the story too at the same time. Yeah. I kind of agree. He definitely is like maybe a book boyfriend, if anything, kind of maybe even a book booty call at this point. They got so close that first time and it created that perfect tension for that second scene that they had. I think that for the second book, it would definitely have to ramp up a bit more for him for it to be more serious, but he's definitely super hot.
1: Yeah. And then, what did you rate this book? I rated it five stars.
0: I thought that it was really masterfully written with all of the clues and the tension and the mystery and the darkness. Yeah,
1: I gave it a five-star rating as well, I believe, on Goodreads. Mm -hmm. But I only gave it like a two, two two-and-a-half spice rating because what we had talked about was the only spice that happened. It was a little bit... Darker, I guess you could say, with the BDSM, but I don't know.
0: I had a 2 Pepper Spice rating as well. I thought that the themes were really dark and intense, like, on the BDSM side, and then there was obviously, like, all of those trigger warnings. I don't know if anyone is finding that spicy or not, but I think for me, it was, like, the BDSM stuff was there, but it wasn't really, like, implemented too much, and... For the most part, they their sex was pretty vanilla.
1: I mean, the wine stopper was a little, little different. And the end, opening scene where we meet Voss was darker with the girl in the cage sitting with the butt plug. But mm-hmm. then nothing happened too much with that. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And was... I mean, it was more focused. The spice in here was good, but it was more focused on the mystery. And the growing um, feelings for one another.
0: It was a great read. I definitely think that if you're up for it. Like you definitely should listen to it. And anything by Carrie Lake.
1: I've heard a lot of good things about her other books. Like Master of Salt and Bone. She actually does have a new book coming out this month. Of October called Nightshade. And I'm super excited to read it. And her other series that are on Kindle Limited. Look really good too.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So that is that. this episode all wrapped up. Thanks for listening. You can join us next Tuesday when we read The Lady of Rooks Grade Manor by Catherine Moon. It
1: is a paranormal reverse harem. Monster romance. I'm so excited. So many monsters. <laughs> so little time, honestly. Yeah, so that episode likely will be done slightly differently than our normal breakdown of the book and the order of events but i'm excited
0: you'll have to listen to that then because it's been an interesting read (laughs) yeah we go live on instagram every wednesday to discuss the week's podcast and chat with everyone we have loved the community that we're creating and we love chatting with everybody So keep an eye out for that. We are going to post some questions about our episode today for you guys to be a part of the conversation that we're having. And you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, including YouTube and the WeTube. See you next week. Until then, stay Stay spicy.
1: spicy.